Did you know you're not a real swimmer if you don't have abs? More on gatekeeping coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Hey everyone, I'm Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Happily Ever Active. Every week I publish episodes on the mental side of active living, and sometimes I perform a little bit of a cultural deconstruction, if you will, of an idea or a concept that we wouldn't necessarily notice unless it's sort of thrown in our faces a little bit. Well, this week I'm going to throw something in front of you that I think will give you a different perspective on some of the stuff that we encounter in popular fitness culture today. And that concept, the concept I want to really break down and geek out on this week is a concept called gatekeeping. And I've published a couple of shows that deconstruct some of these concepts before, or at least give a little bit of another angle on popular ideas that we come across in fitness culture. And for example, episode number 13, I basically take a run at this idea of no excuses or no excuse culture, a facet of today's fitness culture that I think harms more relationships than it helps. And along that vein comes gatekeeping. And gatekeeping is an idea that is going to, if it isn't already, is going to gain momentum in our consciousness because it happens so frequently. And it's one of these ideas that, at least for me, once I was exposed to it, once I understood what this concept was, that I saw it almost everywhere, or it was very hard to miss when it reared its head. And gatekeeping, by definition, is when somebody takes it upon themselves to decide who does or who does not have access or rights to a community or an identity. So gatekeeping is when someone takes it upon themselves to decide who does or does not have access or rights to a community or an identity. Now, gatekeeping is not reserved for fitness, but it definitely rears its head in fitness. Gatekeeping is a concept that shows up in a lot of areas. And I'm going to give you examples, sort of general examples in this episode, but I'm going to then dive down into some of the more common ones or some of the ones that you'll come across on social media, for example, that um, are really great examples of this concept in action. Now, the purpose of performing these cultural analyses or these little exposés on these concepts or trends or, or themes in today's fitness culture is to promote a bit of awareness about how culture influences us and definitely influences how we feel, definitely influences our mindset towards physical activity, but similarly helps us prepare for when we encounter it, that we understand what's happening, we understand the nature of a concept so that we are not as affected or we are not knocked back by it when we encounter it. And in fact, I'd even say if you can see some of the ridiculousness of some of these concepts, some of these trends like gatekeeping, you could even laugh at it and and have a sense of humor about how ridiculous some of these things are becoming or some of these facets of fitness culture have become. So let's dive into it a little bit here. So when I talk about gatekeeping as a way that people monitor or decide who 
has access to a certain community or an identity. It really means um, language like, you know, who is really an athlete? What do real athletes do? What do real runners do? What do, you know, outside of fitness, what do real men do? What do real women do? What are they like? And when you see something like, you know, real men can grow beards or real women have curves or those types of messages, those types of themes, then you are encountering what is known as gatekeeping, where someone has established a rule that then defines who can call themselves what. So basically, to give you a better sense of this idea, I've made a list of gatekeeping statements that you might find that are outside of fitness. And I want to kind of peel off a list of a dozen or so here that you might have already heard before. And if you're curious about um, a place on the web where you can get a sense of gatekeeping and the, the, the statements that reflect gatekeeping, there's a great subreddit on Reddit. If you've never been to Reddit, go check it out. There's a, a gatekeeping subreddit, which is really an, an aggregate of all of these types of messages that people find on the web. They publish them there. And it's a great way to kind of uh, get a sense, a deeper sense of what this uh, concept is really about. And I've pulled a couple from my feed uh, over the last uh, few weeks just to share as examples with you before I get into more of the fitness-specific ones. And you'll notice from this list that a lot of gatekeeping, as mentioned in the definition, is about identity. What qualifies a person as being something, a man or a woman or an athlete, etc. And so here's a couple examples, just general examples that you'll you'll come across from day-to-day online or on your social media and places like that. So for example, real women don't pump gas. Real women don't wear dresses. You're not a grown-up if you wear a backpack. Real men don't have desk jobs. Real men don't change diapers. Or you've never been hot unless you've lived in Arizona in August. You can't call yourself a fan unless you've watched every episode. You can't call yourself a New Yorker unless you've lived there for 10 years. So a lot of these gatekeeping statements have to do with you're, you're, you're not a real something or a true something if you don't do X. Or you can't call yourself this this thing, this identity, if you don't do or you are not this type of person. And that's really at the, uh, at the core of any gatekeeping statement. Someone has put something out there that wraps a gate around an identity, and if you don't satisfy what they believe or what they've stated um, defines that identity, then you can't possibly be that thing. You can't be a real man, a real woman. Or when we dip into the fitness side, you can't be called a real athlete or a real runner or a real mountain biker, et cetera, et cetera. And there's lots of examples about this. And this is just, again, a, the tip of the iceberg. So real athletes row. Others just play games. Real runners don't take walk breaks. Real men deadlift. Real runners don't listen to music. Real athletes run miles, not yards. 
or you can't call yourself strong unless you bench press your body weight. Real yogis do yin. You don't know hard until you crossfit. Or one that really strikes close to home, you're not Canadian if you've never played hockey. So you can see how these statements really set the tone for feeling like, in some sense, an imposter in terms of your fitness journey. If you ever, or if you ever want to do a little extra research on it, Google imposter syndrome and what it means, because these types of statements really, I think, breed or can breed that experience or that feeling where you are um, feeling a little bit like a fraud, that you aren't a real runner, that you aren't uh, really strong, or you're not a real lifter, etc., or you're not a real man, or you're not a real woman because of some of the things that you do or that you like to do, or even, you know, some of the ways that you, that you look. And this is a, 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 this really speaks to the, I'll say the, the, the negative or the, the mental pain that we feel on our journeys, the, the psychological pain of the pain pendulum, as I call it, where we, uh, spend time. If we struggle, we spend time on either two ends of the spectrum. We, we participate in painstaking, unlikable, um, fitness activities. We, we give our time up to those types of things. And if we're not successful doing those things, of course, it's our fault. We're a failure, all the rest. And then we start feeling guilty or even worse. We feel ashamed of ourselves and we beat ourselves up. And so these types of statements, when we come across them and we're in that sort of side of things, the, the, the psychological side of things, these things can be, uh, uh another jab to our self esteem, et cetera, because they kind of dig at our identity. And if we're looking at, um, you know, that side of, the mental side of fitness, our identity. And we're tr really trying to uh, develop this sense that, yeah, we are all trying to be more active. We're trying to be regular exercisers. And if we have this culture that confronts that and constantly tells us, well, you're not there yet, or you'll never even be there because of who you are or what you're interested in, then that identity is always seem, it might, might, might seem very elusive. And in turn, the elusive elusivity of that can breed some negative feelings and be very, of course, very demotivating. So my question of the week really is, what is your reaction? How do you feel when you come across or you just heard some of these gatekeeping statements? Which one have you come across over the years that really gets under your skin? In the end, gatekeeping is really a popular example of how fitness culture, especially how we talk about exercise and even associate our identity or develop our identity through exercise, how it can influence our mindset and even mess around with our motivation because of how it makes us feel unworthy or inadequate, or like I said, feel like an imposter. And if you ask me, gatekeeping is just another one of those cultural trends that needs to go away. In reality, they're not going to go away. <laughs> they're they're around and, you know, the internet is forever. So they're always going to be around. But hopefully just by understanding that gatekeeping exists and the statements as I read them today are um, really revolved around this idea of being a real something, a true something, or you don't know uh, real strength unless you do this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just being aware of those things can help you at least be ready 
for them and maybe not feel as bad when you come across them. Or as I said earlier, you can even laugh at them because it's just, some of it's just really ridiculous. And, and a lot of them, a lot of the gatekeeping statements from my observation take a shot at gender identity, you know, this idea of being a real woman, um, this idea of being a real man. And it's not just in fitness. These are sort of the popular, most popular areas for gatekeeping to, to, to exist. And, you know, like real men drive trucks. Like, it's just so stupid if you ask me. And if you ask me, people are really insecure if they need to lean on these statements or never mind lean on them, perpetuate them and spread them um, through their social media accounts, etc. It's just, at the end of the day, gatekeeping never really helps anybody. And at the end of the day, we've all probably gatekept, gatekeeped at some point in our lives. Um, I know that I have definitely at some point. And it wasn't until I really understood the concept and it was um, exposed to me or I was exposed to it rather that I started seeing it more often and started checking myself at the door to really understand how unhelpful that this way of talking about identity, but particularly in fitness, how helpful it is to, or sorry, how unhelpful it is to participate in this type of what I think is negative dis- a ne- negative discourse and a, a discourse that doesn't really help anyone. And I don't really see the ultimate purpose except for trying to make people feel bad or trying to make you feel, if you're the gatekeeper, make you feel better or less insecure about yourself and treat this as all of this stuff, this 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 gatekeeping stuff and this ongoing conversation about the role that fitness culture has in forming our mindset and our mindset influencing our methods and our methods influencing ultimately how motivated we are going forward. This is really kind of falls in that file of you do you. You know, it's easier said than done to honor how you feel and to follow what you like and to try things that you're curious about and do so without shame, without guilt. It's one thing to say that. Um, It's definitely harder to practice, but I think the more that we're aware of what exists, the negative parts of fitness culture, the more that we're aware of these types of things, we at least can be ready for it and be ready to stand our ground and stay true to ourselves as we go forward. And in my opinion, let's just try to be on, you know, the, the positive side of all of this stuff and recognize that you know, we're all individuals. We all have our own interests. We're all sort of in this struggle, if you will, together and putting anyone down or putting any particular group down or trying to exclude someone from being or feeling like they are an exerciser. They are a runner. They are a lifter that trying to exclude those people and trying to make them feel bad about themselves doesn't get us collectively anywhere. With that, Thanks for joining me again. Follow the show on Instagram at Happily Ever Active Show or myself personally at Kelly.dell, D-O-E-L-L. I'm also on Facebook, so find me there. And until next time, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.